Hi and welcome to the Crime Pod. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Sam. So this week, to finish 2020, I have found a case that is really close to home. It's not Edinburgh, but it's close to Edinburgh and I had never heard of this. And I'm hoping you haven't either, Sam, because I'm really excited to tell you the story for this one. So this week, we are going to look into the case of the convicted murderer, Rab Thompson. Sam, do you know the name Rap Thompson? Like, have you heard about that? Do you know anything about him? No, I know nothing. I've not heard that name before. I don't even know what era he's from or where he's Excellent. from. So cool. I'm so excited. this one's a bit different, um, I feel. And I actually was just watching a programme and it was mentioned. And I was like, nah, surely we'd know about that. And I had no idea. Um, so it, the main, the crime took place in Fife actually so it was just across the water that this all took place Um, but we're going to take you way back to the start and I'm actually going to introduce his wife first so I'm going to talk about June Thompson so she was born in 1958 and she grew up in Ayrshire and was just basically one of three siblings very very normal childhood parents split and we're going to zoom to when she was 17 and she meets Rab Thompson so he is 19 years old at this point so he's two years older than her and he's kind of known in this area for being a bit of like a bad boy which (laughs) fine if that's what you want to be known as like fine and I think back then like a bad boy to us is maybe a bit different like he got into fights quite often um he was kind of like a thug like he'd beat people up on nights out he was just known for being not a great character but this was like so exciting for her um and she absolutely loved it and they basically started this relationship um he was very into like material things so he had a good job like they both had good jobs so they both lived a quite a good lifestyle for a 17 year old and a 19 year old couple um but he was all about like showing off his wealth and wanted to come across as he was a flashy kind of all about the image kind of guy which fair play I wish I could live that life um she you mentioned do, Caitlin you <laughs> that's me then I'm in my overdraft anyway she <laughs> mentions that like he had like previous she calls them minor and she's like oh just minor things like assault and I'm like <laughs> it can be minor assault but assault still assault so there's loads of red flags at why she shouldn't even go into a relationship with this guy but alas she does and he's yeah she kind of accepts it and is like okay do you know what people can be violent but people can change people can be different in relationships so she gives this relationship a go um there was two incidences that really really stuck out to her that I kind of want to mention them here as well because I think I've already mentioned that he was a violent person and he he was done for assault but the types of violence he did so they had like a, a party one night and one of his friends like made a jokey comment to Rab and he took it the wrong way and smashed a whiskey glass over his friend's head. Oh, sh- and wow. And like really injured the friend. So that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of violence it goes to. He also <laughs> was walking down the street in Paisley shortly after this. And this, like, sh- I think, I don't actually know what happened, but a stranger shouted out the car window at him. And he went up to the car window and started choking him through the car. 
to the stage where the driver's wife was really distressed and was like, you're going to kill him. So, like, that's what kind of violence we're talking about. We're not talking about a wee, like, punch after a pint kind of thing. It we're was... talking, like, anger problems. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so she knows this, and this is the two that... Sorry, I just moved my hair, sorry. Um, so she knows this, and this is the kind of violence she sees. And she's like, okay, like, it's, it's only when he's really angry, it's only... It's only this. Which seems kind of, to be all the time. Yeah, which seems to be all the time. But he's like, okay, it's fine, like, no problem. And then he picks her up from work one night and she gets into the car and she's been working. I don't actually know where she worked, but she has colleagues that are pals and two of them are, ma- uh, are males and they wave at her in the car as she sat and she waves back and he then slaps her across the face um, for waving oh. at male colleagues. But June completely blames herself for this. I was like, oh, maybe that was actually the wrong thing to do. Which shows that already so early in this poor 17-year-old girl is just, like, completely under his kind of thumb, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. I looked into his childhood a little bit, and honestly, there isn't much to say, just going back to that. Like, I think he was the same. Like, kind of grew up in similar areas. Grew up, he grew up in, what, 19... He was born in 1956. He had a very normal upbringing, so there wasn't anything that kind of this stemmed from, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. so that's why I honestly don't have a lot to say about his childhood um, but anyway back to them so he became very jealous and very strict and he began the very usual red flags so he'd tell her what to wear he'd tell her who he was allowed to see he began like cutting off her family where like oh I don't think your sister's a good influence on you I'd rather you didn't speak to her things like that so it just started this really kind of toxic controlling relationship mm-hmm. he then oh. decides to tell June one day that they are getting engaged so that oh, he didn't shows, ask. yeah that shows how the relationship is. He's like, right, okay, we're getting engaged now. And she's like, oh, okay. Which I think shows a lot how this relationship was because the fact you tell someone they're getting engaged, I'm just like, oh. Like, you just had this ownership of her already, which is obviously just awful. But mm-hmm. he tells her they're getting engaged and they get married and they move to Buckhaven and Fife. Okay. Now, a year after marriage, June falls pregnant. And while she is pregnant, there is an incident where he pushes her down a flight of stairs. And the, she is fine. She's still, obviously, she gives birth to a daughter. Oh, wow. The, yeah, yeah. And the daughter, Michelle, however, is born with a severe learning difficulty where she needs basically 24-hour around-the-clock care. Now, they didn't know this when June was pregnant. Obviously, you can't do tests and stuff like that. And um, they didn't really notice until she struggled to like walk and to eat and to do basic kind of things. Um, that people would do and Michelle needs yeah needs care but obviously June loves her to bits however Rab not so much like I think he does love her but he's ashamed of her like obviously as we said he has this flashy lifestyle where yeah, he's like look at me that he would want to portray oh exactly like that's the thing so like it's so and a lot of people which is actually like they they believe it's like a punishment or it brings down their kind of like credibility which is it's so silly um mm-hmm. but they have two more children going on from that one of them i do not know their name i have looked everywhere and i can't find the name but the other one is another boy called sean okay. i have a feeling sorry the first the other child the boy i'm not 100 sure but like i can get it from like sons but she has another son called sean from the outside they're this perfect looking family like the oh, like june the stops work yeah june stops working and looks after michelle he has a great job they're all this really happy family but behind closed doors he is still like battering his wife he starts to control and hit the kids like most nights he comes home and like it's just control over a certain things that they had to do chores like if the kids control at school he would then like batter them to the stage where they sometimes couldn't go into school because they were so badly injured 
Um, yeah, yeah. He um, like would come back and like run his finger along the top of the worktops, like on top of like the, the kitchen cupboards. And if there was dust there, he'd then batter um, June because she wasn't doing the housework enough and things like that. Um, so over the kind of years, June is obviously protecting her kids, but this boy, Sean, he's a teenager and he's just like, no, like I'm actually going to start fighting back mm-hmm. and actually does fight back but then obviously his dad is a lot stronger but I don't know what happens but June's just like right enough is enough like I'm actually leaving oh good and she leaves and she goes to a refuge but actually like I watched this kind of interview with her and she'd said that she unfortunately put all the child benefits and stuff into his name so like that was really oh, tough no. for her yeah so she didn't have any money or anything and she still let the kids see him which I was a bit confused about and then basically he took them somewhere. I didn't get the exact place, but he takes them out of Britain and basically says, I'm only coming back if you get back with me. If not, like, good luck trying to get your kids back kind of thing. So I think she goes into, like, a complete panic, obviously, mm-hmm. and is just like, right, okay, I'll, I'll come back. And she comes back and she's with him and they try again. And, like, oh, it pains me to say it, like, she falls pregnant again no way so yeah so she has baby number four with him which is ryan which he's so young in comparison to like a lot of them do you know what i mean like michelle's mm-hmm. like a teenager like a late teenager she's like 17 18 um which is like so wild so she has yeah she has another baby with him and the baby's great and i think they do try and make it work but eventually it falls back into like the old routine of like hitting and stuff again and he's described as having that whole you know, that stereotypical Jekyll and Hyde Ugh, kind yeah. of yeah but the other kids have moved out so that other boy kind of stays part-time-ish um what's his name Sean has moved to England I think and then she lives there with Michelle and Ryan so obviously Michelle can't do much Ryan's still really young at this time so she's just kind of gone back into this old routine and to the outside, they're looking absolutely great. And then at home, it's gone exactly how it was again. Mm-hmm. So she decides this time, like, enough is enough. And she leaves. So she takes, um, Rab, sorry, takes her to court for custody of the children. However, oh. she's obviously like, you know, like, I'm going to absolutely wipe the floor with you. And I believe she does. Um, Thank God. But he, he goes to the door, to her door, actually, because she's moved out and she's, staying with people I think um, and she goes to the door uh, he goes to the door sorry and says to her he threatens her and says that she will be all alone and she's like well I'm not going to ever be all alone like I've got my kids and you know it doesn't I don't need you to be with somebody do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and then I think it was the 2nd of May 2008 June is given full custody of her kids but Thompson still gets to see them she still allows him to see them um he obviously is desperate to get the kids back and to get her back and like he calls Sean who lives in England and is like can you talk some sense into your mum and he's like no like you're not meant to be together like it's not this is ridiculous like leave her alone leave the kids alone like just like you're not a good guy which fair play like Sean's talking some sense here yeah so on Saturday the 3rd of May 2008 um Rab Thompson has Michelle and Ryan for the day. June just leaves them for the day and she says she's going to go and pick them up later that night and they just have a day with their dad. I don't think they did much in particular. Like, I think they just normally, when they'd go and see their dad, they would just kind of go back to, like, I think he was still living in the family home. Mm -hmm. 
so I think they just went back to this house, which obviously for Michelle, it's familiar for her, blah, blah. So at 7pm that night, June goes to pick them up and goes into the house and finds both Ryan and Michelle's bodies dead in their bedrooms. Shit. So she basically isn't 100% sure what happens. She finds them both. She finds Ryan first lying in his bed and it looks like he's asleep. However, his eyes are open and the same with Michelle. What is said to have happened is Ryan was playing some computer games at home and Thompson has came in behind him and stabbed him to death. Um, At the autopsy, there was 14 different stab wounds on Ryan's body. Michelle, who was 25 at the time, is seen to have a lot of defence wounds. So she has fought back. But obviously, neither of these, like Ryan was seven, Michelle's 25, but also has learned difficulties. They're going to have been so confused. Mm-hmm. At why, like, their dad was killing them, basically. Um, but Michelle, as much as having defence wounds, she dies as well. And she had 12 stab wounds on her body, including her defence wounds. So June, God. what I don't understand is the other son, so not Sean, the one that's in England, the other son is in the house at that point. He's in, like, the attic bedroom. So she shouts on him and is like, can you, like, come and help me here? I don't know how you missed the whole commotion. But oh, so he's he's not dead. No, he's fine. Favoritism. Yeah, so he's absolutely fine. Um, Thompson is also in the house and has basically taken a load of pills and slashed his wrists. Oh. But he survives. Oh, thank God. And as the paramedics are, like, wheeling him out, he, like, basically, like, smiles at June when he's leaving. Which... Oh, my God, that's oh. just psychotic. Yeah, like things like that just give makes me... you angry. Yeah, like things like that. I'm just like, no, no, <laughs> like you, you don't get to do that. No. Um, but yeah, so he basically is then charged that day. So he's 54 years old and he's arrested that day. So that is the third of May, and he's arrested. Um, when he is in, like the interview rooms and stuff, he shows like absolutely no remorse and like listen to interviews from the detectives and stuff like that it's actually so interesting because they're like it was such a fascinating case to kind of do because he just like showed no remorse he found this like so easy like at one point he got up during like the interview like during one of the interviews and asked if he could lie on the floor what mm-hmm Ugh. why mm. He just, yeah. Yeah, he just, went... yeah, he just wanted to lie on the floor. I hope they said no. Yeah, well, he just did. He just got up and done it. All right, fair enough. <sighs> yeah, so he just, like, lay on the floor and basically just, like, lay there. And I was just like, this is madness. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, he lay on the floor in the interview room. He would just, like basically just not answer any questions like he would show no remorse never once asked like how the kids were how like his other kids were how june was nothing like that. Yeah. how are the kids that i didn't murder doing well exactly well even like it sounds silly but like how did he know they were definitely dead yeah that's true like actually. like you'd show some remorse and maybe be like did they did any of them survive or but nothing like this he'd refuse to answer like so many questions of like why did it where things were like I think June went to see him a couple of times and asked questions and he just would be like, no, nah, I'm not telling you because I know you want no. to know. 
Yeah, and he's which... all in the control, and he's he's in control again. Yeah, it's like what going back to like our Ian Brady episode when we said that like if he gave over the last like of where the last victim is, that's him lost all control of the situation. <laughs> so if he then was telling his wife why he did things and gives her the answers he wants to know, he has no control over that situation anymore, and that's him lost the kind of power that he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So basically, he then starts writing to June from prison. But in these letters, it's nothing like it's actually not like nasty letters. It's not remorseful letters either. It's literally him being like, "Hey, here's how I'm doing in prison life," like <sighs> talking about himself. Uh huh. It's like, Just, why does she care? Yeah, like, exactly. You know, like, like she does not care about your life in prison. Whereas it's like that thing where like. I don't know why he even thought of writing her a letter. Like, I don't get what part of his brains thought, yeah, write her a letter. She'll want mm-hmm. to hear from me. So, yeah. However, he then goes to court in uh, September 2008, which is back in the good old days of, like, getting into court really quickly. Because this all happened yeah. in May. Uh, but he pleads guilty. Um, he served, he's got given a life, he gets given a sentence of life with a minimum of 17 years. 17? 17. I thought you were about to say 70. 17. Which, obviously, that's actually, That's not even as imagine. old as the, the girl that he murdered. No. So that's the thing. So he's out for parole in five years. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's just mental. Yeah, and actually speaking to... Like, list, speaking to June. Oh, my God, I didn't speak to her. But <laughs> listening to, like, June and I talk about it, like, I don't know how you could ever, like, accept a punishment like that. No. Um... And I just, yeah, I just, I think that's absolutely atrocious. But that is, it's a smaller case, this one. But, like, I just couldn't believe I hadn't heard of it. Like, I know it was 12 years ago, but I think... I can't believe 2008 was 12 years ago. Yeah, don't, that's vile. But I think this is one of, like, the, like, harshest cases we've seen of, like, trying to be in control of somebody. Mm -hmm. And, like, I actually do believe him killing the kids was actually part of his domestic abuse. 100%. Because... That is what she loved the most, and he took that from her. So he's mm-hmm. actually used like the kids' lives basically in a game. Yeah, no, that was so. When you started mentioning, obviously that she had kids, and he was still not a good guy, and he was abusing her and stuff. I just thought, oh my god, it's coming! He's gonna either murder her or the kids. And yeah. he did it. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't believe we haven't heard of that. And it's mm-hmm. just literally in Fife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just over the road in Fife, basically. Mm-hmm. Wow. But yeah, that's what when I was like watching, there's actually a really good episode of, um, it's the TV show Britain's Darkest Taboos. Have you ever watched them? No. So it's basically this TV show, which just, it's kind of like podcasts, but you watch them. Like it's just like a different case every week. And they just kind of go over it and they actually speak to the people. And that is where I saw this. I was like flicking through them and that's when I was like Fife. And I was like, nah and I watched it I cut like I think it was maybe about 10 days ago or something and I was like oh my goodness and then actually when I researched it I was like I can't believe that many people that haven't heard of this and like I hadn't heard of it and it's do you know what I mean it's a child and an adult with learning disabilities being murdered which Mm -hmm. isn't spoken about enough no not at all and what what channel is that program on so I oh I think it's on Amazon Prime is where I watch it. It Perfect. used to be on Netflix, but I think it's been taken off. But yeah, I would really suggest giving it a watch because 
it's actually very interesting and actually getting to see like June and getting to see pictures and stuff obviously we'll put pictures up on the Instagram but it kind of makes it more real I think because we can talk about people like that have been killed but like this was just horrendous it was the most like disgusting mind game mm-hmm. and I think 17 years 17 years is not enough like that's when you really feel that we should have a life sentence like America you know yeah like like when they're like yeah they're like you're in prison for 300 years and you're like yeah okay I'll accept that yeah but and it also kind of goes to show like you never know what's going on behind closed doors even if look for like they were the perfect well not the perfect family they clearly had a breakup and you know neighbors talk you know blinds are twitching and oh he goes to there on a Saturday but you still never know the real reason why and you would Mm -hmm. never expect oh he's just gonna go murder his kid because he has been controlling his wife there's actually like one part I forgot to mention I actually want to mention it so he still write he still wrote letters from like prison to June so he's in Kilmarnock prison and he basically writes letters still to kind of like accept responsibility but there's like basically it's like not a full paragraph but like it's been kind of split up but like I just read this and I was like this says so much about him so he basically writes in this letter like the goal of revenge is to make one's partner look as miserable as oneself I never asked for this and I blame myself for what happened Hopefully I will be gone soon. You know me, and as long as I'm alive, I will find it very hard to forgive you and them. He then says, enough of that piss. On the funny side, think of my sex life. And then starts talking about his sex life. Basically being like, yeah, I lost my virginity at 15. I made love about twice a week. That makes like 500, like 5,000 times I've had sex in my life. Oh, I thought he was talking about his sex life in prison because it'd be with men. I thought he was trying yeah. to crack a joke. <laughs> and that's the thing, yeah, like, he was literally just like, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, that is, he's an off, like, a disgusting human being because mm-hmm. he's also, still, even in those letters, even if they, it doesn't, you know, he's not saying it to her, mm. he's still trying to control her mind. And be yeah. like, oh, by the way, I feel awful, this is your fault. Yeah, exactly. So I just think that's the thing. I think this is, like, one of the most, like, twisted, like, mind games I think we've Mm -hmm. ever seen. And I just, it's a shame because two lives were taken and that's that's sad. Especially, Mm -hmm. like, a seven-year-old and, like, Michelle wouldn't be able to defend herself. So, yeah. But I think everyone should give that episode a watch. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um... I don't know if we're allowed to free promo for other people, but hey, like definitely give it a watch because it's so interesting to actually hear like the full incident. Like I've gave you pretty much a full story, but to actually kind of see the people and hopefully he doesn't get out in five years' time. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to the mad. prison and we'll be like, no. Yeah, I thought we'll do a protest uh-huh. outside the prison. But yeah, no, that was a really good. Um, that was a really good one, and it. A big eye opener as well, because yeah, it was it's recent, albeit twelve mm-hmm. years ago, but it's really it was a really important one because, like I said earlier, you do not know what's going on. 